Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You have tuned in to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. It is a pleasure to be here. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. We certainly did, and we're going to hit the ground running this morning. I want to start, well, I guess I should give you my email address. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. That is the email. You can send me your thoughts and your questions and your feedback. Anything you want. Anything you want to ask me. All I say is that you just make it count. And most of you do. Most of you do. Every once in a while I get something in there that's just swinging a miss. <laughs> but but, the, but I, I enjoy I enjoy hearing from you. Uh, and I'll also accept that adoration and praise. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Um, so let's start here with something that has got the radical left uh, just in a in a tizzy. Got their panties in a bunch here. And this is Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin, Democrat from the state of West Virginia, came out over the weekend and said that he is not going to support um legislation the for the so-called for the people act for voter suppression voter fraud not voters so that they call they call any republican piece of legislation that is designed to prevent against voter fraud voter suppression i say that any bill that they introduce will hereby be uh, they the democrats it will hereby be declared as voter fraud this is a voter fraud bill Joe Manchin is against this. Now, we've talked about this on here in the past, and there are several things to uh, keep in mind and to, I guess, consider whenever we're we're thinking about this. Um, first, Democrats have a – it's a majority in the Senate, as you know, by the tie-breaking vote only, the tie-breaking vote of one Kamala Harris, vice president of the United States, as I like to say, turns out Sarah Palin was right when she spoke with Katie Couric all these years ago. When Katie Couric asked what one of the jobs of the vice president was, she said to be the president of the Senate. That was roundly mocked on social media. You remember this. Some of you may not. Some of you may not have been following it or you've been, you were too young at the time, but that's what happened. She was criticized for saying this was the role of the vice president. This was roundly, roundly mocked and used as uh, ammunition to say she was an idiot. And, of course, uh, she was blamed for John McCain's defeat uh, back in, what, 2008. Um, <laughs> a far cry from, from reality there. But anyway, um, the 50-50 tie in the Senate means that there's a tie-breaking vote cast by one Kamala Harris. If all 
50 Democrats. Well, it's it's 48 Democrats and two independents, I think is what it is. Um, once they will, or she gets to vote the cast tie-breaking vote in that 50-50 tie, but it requires that everyone caucusing with the Democrats, everyone who strategizes and plans and basically commits to that ideology, that leadership team, and those 50 people have to vote yes. Now, this is assuming, first and foremost, that we don't have a filibuster. Manchin has been under great pressure. Kirsten Cinema has been under great pressure to temporarily suspend the filibuster. The filibuster rule, as you know, as we've talked about on here in the U.S. Senate, means that 60 U.S. senators have to vote to end debate on an issue before it is actually voted upon. This is a a rule that, depending upon whether your party is in power or not, you might look at this rule differently in the Senate. This is not a constitutional thing. This is not anything like that. It is just a Senate rule. It's a long-standing Senate rule, at least as it pertains uh, here in the mod to to the modern era. So even if the filibuster would be bypassed, which again they are constantly looking for ways to do this. Remember, Chuck Schumer's got a team of people, a staff out there that are finding things out about the filibuster and the rules in the Senate that we had no idea about before. Of course, we never don't have any idea about it because no one. Uh, tried to break the rules in the way that Chuck Schumer and the left are trying to break them. As I've I've said on here before, there is a finish line that they can see within reach, and that finish line is the end of any political opposition. That finish line includes passing the For the People Act, making it easier and easier for Democrats to win elections, and harder and harder, if not ultimately impossible at some point, for Republicans to win elections. And these power-hungry people say all that stands between us is getting rid of the filibuster temporarily, you know, come up with some some secret formula that Chuck Schumer's team found in the Constitution somewhere in the Senate rules that said that in the event that we're voting on voter registration issues or uh, voting rights, as they're calling this, we're going to temporarily suspend the rules of the Senate and get rid of the filibuster. And they're going to find there's going to be some parliamentarian rule. Hopefully, if not, there's just going to be blatant disregard for the rule by the by the Senate. They were prepared to do that. The problem is they need all fifty. And Joe Manchin came out over the weekend, actually yesterday. Headline in his local local newspaper, the Charleston Gazette Mail. He writes this editorial entitled Why I'm Voting Against the For the People Act. So that would mean even even with even if they took the undesirable steps, because again, this I'm telling you the things, and you know this, that are happening behind closed doors. The conversations that happen are conversations like this. They close the door and they say, okay, folks, the finish line is right there. We've almost got this complete. Who here, raise your hand in this room if you want to be in power for the rest of your life or until you decide you just, you've just you had enough and you want to have some cushy gig 
um, that's given to you by the next person that you in, that, that inherits your seat, the next leftist, the, the next Democrat. Who'd like to, to have that situation? And all the hands go up. Well, here's what we've got to do. We're going to have to temporarily suspend the filibuster, and all 50 of us are going to have to deal with some immediate pushback and blowback from what we're about to do. But the problem is, or not, not the problem, the problem for the people is that they can't do anything about it once we implement this. If we're prepared to take some bloody lips and some black eyes, I mean, it can't be any worse than this Floyd Mayweather, Jake Paul fight that they aired on pay-per-view last night. I didn't watch this thing. Nobody won. Nobody won because nobody got knocked out and there's no judges. Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather go the distance. Anyway, but if you're prepared to take some black eyes and some busted lips, we can set you up for permanent power. Permanent power. You don't have to worry. Elections, <laughs> we don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. We're not going to be held accountable for anything because the rules and the things that we are trying to implement in the so-called For the People Act will protect us. We've got opportunities for all sorts of things to go our way magically. We think the Biden bounce overnight on election night in 2020 was anything. I'm not allowed to say that, even though science has proven through the, if you graph out, if you graph out how the vote total uh, tallies came in, you can see it. You can see it. It's there, but you're not allowed to talk about it, which that's something else I, I want to get into t- t- today as well. Twitter, Twitter upset uh, because Nigeria temporarily took Twitter down or maybe maybe longer it's Twitter you couldn't you couldn't use or you can't use Twitter in in Nigeria Twitter's upset about this saying they want an open internet meanwhile they they've permanently blo- <laughs> blocked president Trump I mean pot meat kettle correct but the democrat plan here for this takeover basically of, of America, permanent power requires that all 50 of them stick together and they're not th- uh, not sticking together. And the long knives are coming out for Joe Manchin. And we'll get into that a little bit as well. But let me read just a smidgen of what he wrote here in the Charleston Gazette Mail yesterday. He writes, the right to vote is fundamental to our American democracy and protecting that right should not be about party or politics. Least of all, protecting this right, which is a value I share, should never be done in a partisan manner. During my time as West Virginia's Secretary of State, I was determined to protect this right and ensure that our elections are fair, accessible, and secure. Not to benefit my party, but all the people of West Virginia. For example, as Secretary of State, I took specific actions to establish early voting for the first time in West Virginia in order to provide expanded options for those who work or family schedule made it difficult for them to vote on election day. Throughout my tenure in politics, I have been guided by this simple philosophy. Our party labels can't prevent us from doing what is right. Unfortunately, he writes, we are now witnessing that the fundamental right to vote has itself become overtly politicized. Today's debate, now remember, he's a Democrat. Now, he's a Democrat from West Virginia, a Democrat in a state that Trump won by, gee whiz, 30, 40 points. I, it's a massive amount. 
Um, today's debate about how to best protect our right to vote and to hold elections, however, is not about finding common ground but seeking partisan advantage. He even says it himself. Democrats are out there saying that this legislation is about seeking partisan advantage. Joe Manchin saying this on the record in his local newspaper. It's about seeking partisan advantage. It is about it's voter it's voter fraud. It, it is trying to use legislation to manipulate voting so that you are guaranteed if not guaranteed, you you have a stronger likelihood of winning elections and maintaining or gaining power. He continues, whether it is state laws that seek to needlessly restrict voting or politicians who ignore the need to secure our elections, partisan uh, partisan policymaking won't instill confidence in our democracy. It will destroy it. As such, congressional action on federal voting rights legislation must be the result of both Democrats and Republicans coming together to find a pathway forward, or we risk further dividing and destroying the republic we swore to protect and defend as elected officials. Now, he's he's spot on right about this. Now, there might be five million reasons he's writing this. I'm not going to get into that and and to, to criticize and critique any of that. Just on its face here, he's right. This bill will not instill confidence in our constitutional republic. I'll correct him there. So he's not 100% right. He's calling it our democracy. It will destroy it. He's right on that with the change, the minor edit. Not minor edit, but constitutional republic. Um, it's going to destroy it. It is designed, as he wrote, to favor one political party. I mean, this is an open and shut case. Look at look at the legislation. We've talked about it in the past. I don't know if I want to do that at the moment because there's other things I want to get into because now, now the left, the radical left, has gotten the long knives out coming after Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat from the state of West Virginia. We'll get into that after the break. I got to take a quick time out here. Quick timeout is necessary. You've tuned in here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Sit tight back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So, so, so let's pick up here. Let's maybe set the scene a little bit. Let's set the scene in the mind of the radical left. They just got through four years of President Donald J. Trump. The idea that a guy like President Trump would ever be president of the United States, the idea that he could win an election, even though he stole it with <laughs> through the help of Russian Facebook ads and Pokemon Go ads and the rest of the ads that tricked people into voting for him instead of Hillary. Even so, that was the case. The idea that he could win a presidential election in modern history is absolutely terrifying to them. They lived four years in abject well, four years in abject fear of what's going to happen at any given moment. They were told that President Trump had his fingers on the nuclear buttons ready to nuke North Korea. They were told that President Trump was hell-bent on starting a war 
with Iran, with China, excuse me, China, with Russia, with you name it. He was going to destroy relationships with our allies. He was going to build a wall and not a bridge between the United States and Mexico. On and on this goes. They lived in absolute terror. The media fed that to the media created that terror. The media fed that terror and people tuned in. In fact, if you've seen have you seen CNN's ratings? I forget the numbers exactly, but it's third I I think it's even higher. I don't want to say the number I think it is because I need to check this. But it's substantially high. The the it's a high percentage of how do I say this? It's it's a a lot of people. A lot of people have stopped watching CNN since Trump is out of office. Why have they done that? Because well, it's because it's because they were tuning in every day either to watch the the show, the performance that CNN was putting on or they were terrified and wanted CNN to tell them of all the reasons they should be terrified for the moment. They were glued to CNN waiting for God only knows what, for Trump to be removed from office, put into an orange jumpsuit, not to be confused with Hillary's orange pantsuit, put in cuffs and ushered away into prison. They were they were waiting for this. I can't tell you the number of leftists who expected this to happen during Trump's Trump's term. So they've lived through that. They lived through Republicans being in control of the Senate. They've lived through Republicans being in control of the House. And then Trump was the president. They'd had enough. They've had enough. And they cannot deal with it anymore. Remember, these are the folks. These are the folks that after President Trump won the election in 2016, after they had to come to reality and grip with that, well, I guess before they had to come to grips with that, they were requesting emotional support animals. They were using adult coloring books. They were canceling college classes and finals. They were hosting cry-ins. You remember this? This is all true stuff. Now, I'm not saying every Democrat. Do not misunderstand me. I'm talking about the radical, unhinged, uh, just emotionally unstable amongst us in, in this nation. They were having meltdowns. They were screaming at people. They were screaming at the universe. Ah, President Trump can't have that. Not my president. <laughs> and all this stuff that follows. Entertain me to no end. But if, on the other hand, it's really kind of sad to think that an adult human being would resort to this type of behavior, temper tantrums, fits of rage, and the like. This is how they, this is what they just came out of. And they're, they're saying, over my dead body, am I ever going to go through that again? So let's, let's come up with a bill here, and let's pass this bill to ensure that the chances of there being another president, a second term, if you will, of President Donald, uh, Donald J. Trump, let's make sure that the odds of that are statistically zero. And so let's pass this voter fraud legislation known as the so-called For the People Act. We're going to have to take some bumps and bruises, as I said. We're going to take some black eyes and, and get a few busted lips. But once those wounds heal, we are in the clear because there's literally nothing people can do to stop us. 
It is to keep our party in power. Joe Manchin even says it in his editorial, which I referenced last segment. So now Joe Manchin is in the crosshairs of the radical left because he's come out and said, I'm not going to support this bill. It's partisan. If we want to do anything pertaining to voting and voting rights and all of this stuff, it needs to include both Democrats and Republicans. And by the way, I also support the filibuster. I mean, heads are exploding all over again. Heads are exploding on the radical left all over the place. They can't take this. They can't take this. And one of the folks that can't take this is Jamil Hill. Jamil Hill used to be, used to be a commentator on ESPN. You'll remember what you say. If you voted for Donald Trump, you're, you are racist, I think. Some stupid thing like that. She's a hero of the radical left. Um, of course, it, the only reason she is, uh, they the radical left says that she's not employed now by ESPN is because ESPN's racist. <sighs> but she posts this. And, and so she posts the article announcing... It's an AP article saying Joe Manchin is not going to support the For the People Act. And remember, they had to have all 50, plus they had to have a willingness by the Democrat Party, not just for all 50 to stand in favor of this stupid bill, but to stand against, well, stand in favor of uh, doing away with the filibuster rule, at least temporarily, So there was kind of a two-step process. You had to have the 50 lined up, and you had to be willing to somehow find a way to eliminate, to temporarily pause or suspend the Senate rules, including, most importantly, the filibuster. They're not willing to do that. And so Jamil Hill goes to Twitter and says, This is so on brand for this country. Record number of black voters show up to save this democracy only for white supremacy to be upheld by a cowardly, power-hungry white dude. Senator Joe Manchin is a clown. That's what she writes. I want to know. I have a question. Uh, To me, it's an obvious question as I read this tweet. If voting, if people are suppressed in voting for this country, just read her tweet again. If we have to fix... If we have to fix this country because we're suppressing, deliberately, intentionally suppressing the votes of inner city black Americans, if that's really what's happening here, then I need Jamil Hill out there to explain to us how a record, in her own tweet, a record number of black voters showed up to save this democracy. If they were being suppressed, how did they get there, Jamil? How did they get there to vote? against Donald J. Trump. Well, they didn't even vote for Biden. They voted against Trump, by the way. Remember, Biden's the guy. You talk about a racist uh, set of comments to make. Biden, if we're going to start throwing that term around, which I'm not a fan of doing, Biden's the one that tells the black community, you're not black if you vote for his opponent. Biden's the one the other day who just said that black entrepreneurs, black business owners are having difficulty because they can't find accountants and attorneys and white entrepreneurs can what the world is that what in the world is this guy talking about biden what else he he said what i'm I'm drawing a blank on one other one he said oh one of the things he said was um black 
poor kid. How do you say it? White. He was comparing white kids and black kids, but he was, he basically said that all, um, was it poor kids were black or something? I can't remember the statement exactly. This goes back some time. Then we got corn pop. I love the story of corn pop. Biden had to face down the legend of corn pop in the parking lot outside the Wilmington, Delaware pool, like the sharks versus the jets and, 1962 or some such thing. It's where the guy that the guy that ran the pool managed the pool, cut him a six foot piece of chain and said, "Go out there and whoop Corn Pop, show him what's up." <laughs> Corn Pop was nicking up razor blades to fight Biden in the parking lot after school. You know, like all this stuff. This is the stuff Biden is out there. Saying and talking about little kids rubbing the hair on his legs in that same speech. But this is, if you oppose this guy or if you don't fall in line with everything this guy says, you, by by the definitions given to us by the radical left and the Democrats, you are racist. And this stuff is just so sickening and pathetic to me. Power-hungry white dude is what she calls Joe Manchin. He's in the, well... I was going to say he's in the party that's definitely seeking to be power hungry. And I don't know if he's the one that – remember the previous – I wonder what Jamil Hill thinks about the previous senator from West Virginia, Robert Byrd, who was literally a leader in the KKK, Democrat. I wonder what she has to say about this guy. It's just – this stuff is a poisonous venom in this country today. If you could not, if you did not vote in the 2020 election, if you uh, just, if you didn't take advantage of the multiple ways and the long time that you had to vote, I'm, I'm, this, the obvious is, is that you didn't want to vote or it wasn't important to you. Now, I can't say every, I don't know every single state, but in general, generally speaking, with early voting, absentee voting, voting by mail, whatever else we've got. The, the the idea that we are suppressing votes in this country if we don't support this H.R. 1, this For the People Act, federalizing elections, I mean, we're not even sure. I mean, we're sure it's not constitutional, candidly, but we're not sure what the courts would say about this. But the idea that America is trying to stop people from voting um through its laws is is patently ridiculous to me. Meanwhile, <clears throat> meanwhile we have literally examples of people who have committed voter fraud and other and broken the law in other ways pertaining to um, elections and that's totally totally ignored and if you bring that up you're called a conspiracy theorist. I mean, there's literally people that have been charged and are going to jail for these crimes, and they have been for some time. Heritage put out a report on this. Uh, there's a well, maybe we can look at it during the break here, but the idea that there's no voter fraud and that there is actually organized attempts to prevent people from voting. It's just that's that's the narrative, though. And it's to keep people from voting because of racism. That's the narrative. And now I guess in the mind of Jamil Hill and other radical leftists, Joe Manchin, even though he's a Democrat, and that's supposedly 
all you need to do is to vote Democrat and you're no longer racist at all, I guess. If, unless you stand against the For the People Act, then suddenly you are, again, power-hungry white dude. He's a clown. Meanwhile, again, pot meat kettle here as to who's calling who a clown. Quick timeout back here in just a minute. My friends, so I want to switch gears here just a little bit. Two things I want to get to. First, I want to get I want to get to um, this this uh, Twitter GoFundMe situation. I don't know if you've seen this. Maybe you have. Maybe you haven't. Matt Wall, she's a a blogger, um, responded to a tweet from AOC. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, um, and the tweet, the tweet was, I'm trying to find the original tweet here, basically the tweet was a picture of AOC's grandma's place in Puerto Rico, and she basically says that, hey, Trump is, Trump didn't take care of her. She's in dire dire straits, I think, was the term that was used. And, you know, she's in trouble. She's going to, I think, maybe she, either she's directly about to lose her home or that's the situation in, in Puerto Rico where folks are not able to, you know, get funding that was the, that was designated to help save their, you know, their homes and so forth, and then developers are coming in. This is the story anyway. What she's what she's saying. Here it is. Here it is. Okay, so that's where that's where this that's where this whole thing this whole thing started was this tweet right here. Just over a week ago, my this is from AOC. My abuela fell ill. I went to Puerto Rico to see her. My first time in a year plus because of COVID. This is her home, and there's a couple of pictures down here. Hurricane Maria Relief hasn't arrived. Trump relief, uh, Trump blocked relief money for Puerto Rico. People are being forced to flee ancestral homes, and developers are taking them. This was 2 p.m. on June the 2nd. So Matt Walsh sees this, and Matt Walsh uh, starts an, a, a GoFundMe account for AOC's abuela, and... It raises in twelve hours. In twelve hours, a hundred and four some odd thousand dollars, I think. In the meantime, GoFundMe sends an email to Matt Walsh as the one who was the organizer. I think that's the official term for these GoFundMe pages, and it says this: "Dear Matt, we are in touch with the beneficiary's family," which is interesting. The beneficiary's family, and they have made clear. They will not be accepting the funds raised. What do you mean the beneficiary's family? Shouldn't they be in touch with a beneficiary? What does this even mean? We've been in touch with the beneficiary's family, and they have made clear they will not be accepting the funds raised. When a beneficiary doesn't receive, doesn't want to accept the funds that have been raised on their behalf, it is standard practice to turn off donations, then refund all donors. We recommend posting an update on the fundraiser to let your donors know 
They will be fully refunded within uh, within the next couple of days. They will also receive an automatic message from GoFundMe informing them of their refund. They will get 100% of their donation back three to seven business days after the refunds are issued. Please let us know if you have any questions. Regards, GoFundMe Trust and Safety Team. So why why is GoFundMe? First of all, if you're in dire straits and you're, and I understand, I understand what's going on here. This is, uh, this is a, I don't know, a ploy to to draw attention to the fact that AOC wants to use her position in government to help everyone, so to speak, but not actually help the one person that she might be able to do something for directly. She wants to talk in platitudes, and I get it. it need, this stuff needs to be exposed. I, I'm on board. I'm on board with that as far as exposing this crazy, crazy nonsense. Um, so I understand that there's some negative, negatives associated with this money, but I don't know if she's ex, if she's in dire straits and they've raised one hundred and four thousand dollars in twelve hours. Why would and who's the family? The is the family has to be AOC, is it not? Did did GoFundMe? This is incredible. If this is what happened to me. GoFundMe. Matt Wall sets up this GoFundMe page for AOC's abuela, and she she they, they contact AOC AOC to say, "Do you want this money? Is that what happened? Hey, we know that there's some. This is political theater here." Do you really want this money? Is that what happened? What on earth is going on? And and then they say, no, no, we don't. We want to complain about the money that Trump sent them, that they, they didn't really send them. He didn't want them to have the money. And now they're in dire straits, but we don't want this money. Crazy times we live in. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host, Todd F. Back in just a minute. back Oz was asking me here during the break I was going to talk about Fauci I was going to talk about Fauci and how it's now anti-science if you're out there criticizing Fauci I love how these folks couch behind anything they can Um, if you criticize people on Twitter they'll shut you down if you criticize people on other platforms that they can't shut down at least when they're members of the left they then say you're (laughs) anti-science I love how this guy is is scientifically bulletproof to any sort of criticism whatsoever. But I don't have time to do that. Instead, I want to talk about... Oz asked me during the break. She said, she said, would you take the money if the Democrats raised money for you? And I said, well, hold on. Are you talking about Abuela or AOC? Because to me, this is the whole point, <laughs> the whole point of this. If Abuela is really in... AOC's Abuela is really in dire straits, why would she not take... The money, and why would GoFundMe send an email back that said we've been in touch with the family? Could they not get in touch with Abuela? How do they have their contact info? I have so many questions about this. I have so many questions about this. But the question as to whether or not I would take money from AOC um, if, if she had raised money for some something I needed um, is a little bit different than what's happening here. I get the political connotation. 
I do. And I get that it's a stun, it's it's a ploy, it's it's to illustrate something. I I I recognize that. I want you to know that. But at the end of the day, if the money gets you out of dire straits and it was I mean, re- raised and, and given to you um, according to the rules and so forth, even though it is to demonstrate a political point against your granddaughter or against another political party or, and so forth, I mean, why would she not uh, take that, I guess, at some point? I I, I mean, this is not un- – I didn't expect her to do that. Um, but is it worth her not having her place anymore so that AOC can, how does this, how does this make AOC save face anyway? Hasn't the point already been made whether or not they take the money or not? She's complaining about money not getting there because of Trump. And now you have presumably a a bunch of people who voted for Trump giving her money uh, giving her abuela money to save her home in Puerto Rico. I just, I don't know. I mean, I know, again, everything is optics in this country, but who's making the calls here? Why is GoFundMe um, talking to the family of abuela? We all know the answer to that, by the way. Time out is necessary. Sit tight back here in just a minute. <laughs> My friends did the first drawing. I can't tell you who won because I just have email addresses, and I'm not going to give email addresses out over over the air. But we had our first winner uh, for we have four pairs of Justin Moore concert tickets. Drew for that on Friday. Notified the recipient. By the way, if you do win, if you do get an email, I need you to respond rather promptly because if uh, for some reason you can't use the tickets or whatever. Um, but they're yours to do if you want to give them to someone else. But if for whatever reason you don't, you can't put them to use, we're going to award those to someone that can go. But anyway, all you got to do to sign up for those Justin Moore concert tickets here, it's in central Indiana, Morgan County Fairgrounds. Go to ToddHuffShow.com slash subscribe. Join our free, it's totally free, email, uh, email newsletter list, and you'll be entered into our next drawing, which we'll do here in short order. There's the music telling me it is time to wrap up for the day. Guys, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. We will see you tomorrow. SDG, take care.